I've reviewed three potential health risks of electromagnetic fields and RF radiation. Firstly, 5G has nothing to do with COVID-19. You're safe. Secondly, RF radiation and the links to cancer. These links are extremely small if there's anything there. It's still listed as a possible carcinogen, but hundreds of millions of dollars in studies have not found any reproducible solid evidence that RF has any effect on cancer. And lastly, EMF hypersensitivity. This is a strange one. The Rational View is a weekly series hosted by me, Dr. Alan Scott, providing a rational, evidence-based perspective addressing important societal issues. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Rational View. I'm Dr. Al Scott. On this episode, are electromagnetic fields killing me? First of all, what are electromagnetic fields? Well, these are energy that is associated with electricity and magnetism, thus electromagnetic fields. They are the basis of light, light waves. Electromagnetic radiation also comes from radios, radio waves, radar, Wi-Fi, FM radio, TV transmission, cell phones, cordless cell phones, microwave ovens, radar. These are all examples of electromagnetic waves or electromagnetic radiation associated with our modern technology. And they're pervasive. They're everywhere in the atmosphere, and they are going through our bodies almost all the time at different intensities, of course. And the sun, the light from the sun, is also electromagnetic radiation, uh, ultraviolet light. All of these things are electromagnetic radiation, x-rays. And what differentiates all of these different types of radiation is their energy and their frequency. Um, so what I want to talk about in this episode is radio frequencies, low energy stuff, the stuff that's below the visible spectrum that we use for radios and radars and microwave ovens. And So the question is, are these things dangerous? Is our modern society, which is pervaded with these electromagnetic fields, at risk? Is there a health risk? Does it cause cancer? Uh, can it cause other problems? Please share this episode with your friends, and please follow me. Uh, continue to listen to other episodes. Click on the like button. Uh, join me on Facebook, uh, and send your comments in. I'd love to hear from you. So, are electromagnetic fields harmful? Well, let's start with radio frequency emissions, which we get from uh, Wi-Fi's, cordless cell phones, microwave ovens, radar cell phones, FM radio, TV transmissions. These are actually listed uh, as possible carcinogens. Scientists believe that there's a possibility that they could cause cancer. This means, in this particular listing, that there is no good consistent evidence that it causes cancer, but there have been a few suggestive studies. So the jury's still out. It's possible that it could. Cancers, of course, often take many years to develop from the initial exposure to uh, a carcinogen. And there are so many confounding factors in society, and radio frequency emissions are so pervasive that a tiny effect is very, very difficult to tease out of the data. What this does tell us is that we know that the risk is tiny. It's less than most other carcinogens that are probably carcinogens. It's a possible carcinogen, not a probable one. So it's the risk of RF radiation creating cancer is less than the risk of eating processed meat, for example. Uh, 
it's less than the risk of enjoying an alcoholic beverage and suntanning at the beach, to name a few easily identifiable carcinogens that we live with all the time. However, many people have anecdotes, and it's easy to be convinced by anecdotes. Um, there are people that are getting brain tumors in heavy cell phone users, and it's on the side of their head where they use their phones. I had a friend who uh, got bone cancer in the leg beneath the, the pocket where he, he kept his, his cell phone, and he was a heavy user. This was back in the day when cell phones put out a lot of energy, too. They're, they're becoming more efficient these days, and they don't need such strong uh, signals to be detected. However, even though these anecdotes are very suggestive, many folks who don't use cell phones all the time also get tumors and also get cancer. And huge studies, which give you the best statistical significance, have not been able to show any detectable difference in the cancer rate from heavy cell phone users between them and the general public. But obviously it's hard to accept that this horrible thing is happening for no reason. And so people are always looking for reasons to explain why something like this occurs. And statistics are difficult. Not a lot of people have the mathematical wherewithal to understand the statistics, and it's easy to fool people with statistics. So clustering of cases is often seen as evidence of a source of cancer. Um, but in a sufficiently large sample, if you understand statistics, you'll know that a rare occurrence will form large clusters just by chance. So, yes, misunderstanding of statistics may be at the root of some of the um, associations we make with causes and rare uh, problems. And, of course, we know that there's a lot of mystical thinking in society. Statistics works. Casino owners always win in the long run, even though everybody has a gambling system. So, here's a mind experiment for you in terms of statistics. Pick out a rare cancer, for example, that occurs in 1 in 10,000 people. So the statistics of rare events is governed by something called the Poisson distribution, which was discovered back in the 1700s. And this, this distribution tells you what probability you should expect random occurrences to, uh, what frequency you should expect these things to occur at. So this particular rare cancer occurs in 1 in 10,000 people. In a community of 20,000 people, you would expect two people on average to get the disease. But what would constitute a cluster to be concerned about? Well, looking at the Poisson distribution, it tells us that one in seven communities of this size will have twice the average, or four or more cases, just by chance. And one in a thousand communities will have eight or more cases. So. If you have a city of 2 million people, there's very likely to be a, an area or a village where the incidence of this rare cancer is four times the average. And this is just by random chance. What would you think if you lived in that town? Would you start looking for causes of this cancer and be wondering what well, must be linked to that cell phone tower? I think this happens. Lab experiments show that RF exposure uh, to lab animals uh, can increase the temperature of your cells. It's like microwave oven, right? You have this RF exposure, and if it's intense enough, it can actually heat you up. And if 
RF energy raises the body of your the temperature of your body by one degree for long periods of time, it can have measurable adverse effects on some of your uh, body processes, and it can cause cancer. It's very difficult to disentangle this effect, but studies where there was whole body RF exposure uh, are unable to show these increased cancer risks in people. Uh, people who work around radar equipment, for example, or servicing communication antennae, radio operators, there's really no clear increase in cancer risk amongst these people. What are the harmful effects of, of mobile phones, though? Mobile phones are, are concentrated sources of RF energy that we hold in our hands, we hold them up to our heads, we keep them with us. Looking at um, field strength, or the intensity of radiation, these are the biggest sources of radiation that we can have. Base stations, Wi-Fi emitters, cell phone towers, all these things, unless you're standing right next to them, the intensity of the radiation coming from them is much less than the intensity of the phone that you're holding in your hand all the time. Because they have to communicate, and it, the, the intensity of the signal drops off with range as a square of the distance. So what are the harmful effects of, of mobile phones? Well, I can tell you right now, you're much more likely to be killed by someone texting while driving than by the RF fields emitted by your phone. Localized heating from the antenna or the RF antenna on a phone can cause problems if you're a, a heavy user and you hold your RF phone up to your head for long enough and you heat up your ear and maybe the local area of the brain, the blood will perfuse into that area and increased blood flow causes an increase in, in whatever is in your blood to, to circulate that in that area. And if something's going to happen, it may happen more likely in that area of your body. We know that RF fields are not energetic enough to directly damage DNA, unlike ultraviolet radiation from the sun. So, our, so definitely it's not as damaging as, as being out in the sun. Uh, so this is called non-ionizing radiation, and it's just not that energetic. Uh, it can move the electrons around in atoms, but it's not likely to pop the electrons up, away from the atoms to ionize them and break up molecules and cause damage that way. Now, there have been many isolated studies that report observations of, of negative effects of RF radiation, on, you know, because there have been so many studies. Millions and hundreds of millions of dollars have been spent trying to find out if, if radio waves from our cell phones is causing cancer. Unfortunately, it's a complex topic, and really none of these studies have been very reproducible. We haven't been able to go back and show repeatedly that a particular exposure uh, causes cancer or causes problems. At best, they've shown that there may be a small effect on uh, gentlemen in uh, their sperm motility uh, from uh, holding your, your phone in your pants for, for long periods of time. There are something like a, a measured, repeatable decrease in uh, fertility. So, something to be aware of. But there have been many studies on... on nerves and calcium channels in cells, induction of apoptosis or cell death, uh, tumor growth inhibition studies, pulsed versus constant RF exposure, uh, free radical creation, oxidation, these sort of things. Many, many studies, 
and still not a clear signal of damage. Now that doesn't say that it's not one there, it's just that nobody has got an experiment that can reproducibly show damage. So this is why it's a possible carcinogen and not a probable one. Now I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about another scenario. Uh, there is a small fraction of society which reports as EMF hypersensitive. So they're hypersensitive, they believe, to electromagnetic fields. And the symptoms of this syndrome, and it's a recognized medical syndrome, include headaches, insomnia, tiredness, depression, dizziness, nausea, rashes, tingling in the extremities. Now, from what I can read, only about a few out of a million actually go to their doctor and report these symptoms medically. So, you know, it's not common, but uh, if you ask people whether they are sensitive to EMF fields, maybe one in a hundred, uh, you know, a, a percent or two will actually self-identify as sensitive to these fields. And nobody knows how anyone can be sensitive to an electromagnetic field because people don't have EM sensors. There's no, uh, there's not been an identified sense of electromagnetic fields. However, it's not at all implausible that people could be hearing electromagnetic fields in their heads because there's been studies that show that people can hear microwave radiation that's beamed through their heads in the one gigahertz band where it penetrates somewhat uh, through, the, through the skin and gets into the ear canal and into the brain. And the levels that people were detecting sounds associated with EM radiation is on the order of uh, maybe 10, 20 milliwatts per square centimeter, which is very similar to what a cell phone antenna actually puts out. So it's not uh, unthinkable that there could be people that are sensitive to this. So it's definitely worth investigating how these people are being affected. You may have heard of the placebo effect where someone is, is given a, a dummy pill and they feel better. Many of these symptoms can be brought on by the nocebo effect, which is effectively the, the reverse of the placebo effect. In a study in the UK, people were given a story about the dangers of EMF and 54% of the subjects reported experiencing agitation and anxiety, loss of concentration, or tingling in their fingers, arms, legs, and feet. Two participants left the study prematurely because their symptoms were so severe that they no longer wanted to be exposed to the radiation. Well, in fact, there was no radiation applied. In many double-blind studies, people self-selected as EMF-sensitive were unable to sense EMF, and acute symptoms would occur under sham irradiation for these studies. And for these reasons, Many people think that this is a psychosomatic illness. There have been many studies that intend to prove EMF sensitivity, and the ones I reviewed seem somewhat poorly done, with no real measurement of EMF at all in some cases. I've seen some that measure distance from power lines as their correlating variable, or measure the size of wires in houses, rather than actually measuring the EM fields in these houses and trying to correlate them with something real. So at best, these studies seem to show that the symptoms of EMF are more associated with the appearance of uh, electrical appliances and causes of uh, electrical fields. 
and this has been cause for ridicule for people who suffer from these symptoms. And they're real symptoms. It's a real identified syndrome which causes a lot of people a lot of pain. And it may be that there is some sort of link between EM fields and these symptoms in the people that have these serious effects that we just haven't been able to figure out yet and demonstrate. And if that's the case, then I hope that the science will catch up to it very soon because these people are in pain. There are other potential explanations for these symptoms that don't require EM. Now, typically, people will get these, these horrible symptoms first before being EMF believers. And I've talked to some of them, and most of these people had the symptoms and then were directed towards EMF by people selling EMF protective gear or people who uh, treat EMF. Um, so we're not altogether unbiased folks, in my opinion. Uh, however, it's a real problem. What is this that people can associate with electrical appliances that's causing them this pain? Um, is it because of uh, the fields themselves or because of some other effect that these things are doing? For example, what about the flicker from fluorescent lighting? That can cause headaches and pain in people and a lot of these symptoms and is associated with, with um, electromagnetic fields, even if there aren't any fields nearby. One thought is that ultrasound could be responsible for a significant fraction of these um, so-called EMF-sensitive uh, cases. Now, ultrasound is sound that's of so high frequency that you can't hear it, but it can still have health effects on you. And in fact, some people can hear and respond to ultrasound frequencies, and it can give people headaches uh, and all of the same symptoms as EMF uh, sensitivity syndrome. And where do you get ultrasound from? What, what causes ultrasound in our environment? Well, people have gone around with, with sensors and listened for it, and uh, fluorescent light fixtures and ballasts is one uh, significant source of ultrasound in the environment. Uh, light switches with dimmers can cause ultrasound. Um, there are also uh, mosquito, bird, and rat deterrent devices that intentionally emit high-intensity ultrasound to scare away uh, bugs, birds, and rats. And if one of those is in your environment and you're sensitive to it, what would you attribute that to? And when the power goes out, the frequency goes away. So there's definitely a power association with uh, ultrasound. Infrasound, of course, is the opposite, which is a low frequency that you can't hear, often also causing health effects, feelings of foreboding, and this is caused by low-frequency movements of air turbulence from wind turbines or air ducts that are improperly designed. So there's a possibility that this is a learned association, which starts out uh, caused by some ultrasound or some chemical sensitization that gets misattributed and then become psychosomatic after time. And there's also a possibility that this is a real EMF sensitization that nobody has been able to explain yet. Whatever the cause though, people are cashing in on this. They're selling EM shielding crystals and magnetic bracelets to the, the poor sufferers of these syndromes. And I'm sorry, but crystals and bracelets do not shield you from electromagnetic radiation. If you want to shield yourself from electromagnetic radiation, the only effective way is getting a Faraday cage. And this is basically getting inside a conductive um, 
room or uh, conductive mesh that such that the mesh holes are smaller than the wavelength of the of the EM radiation that you're trying to protect yourself from. So a chicken wire outfit and a tinfoil hat is probably your best defense if you believe that the EM fields are bothering you. And that is a perfect defense for most EM. So thinking about EM sensitivity, I actually uh, at one time in my past built an ELF detector. Now ELF is an acronym for extremely low frequency uh, electromagnetic waves. And these waves uh, have frequencies that are in the same frequency as the human uh, hearing spectrum. So if they were sound waves, you could hear them. And an ELF transducer basically changes uh, electromagnetic waves to sound. So it works as by being a high impedance, uh, about a one meter antenna, which is excited by these waves and it goes through an amplifier and then runs a speaker and there's some filtering. And it's really kind of cool because you can use it to detect fields in your home and you can listen for um, different types of appliances and see what kind of sounds that they would be putting out in the electromagnetic spectrum. But you need this particular detector to do that because humans, as far as I know, can't hear this. Um, although some people claim that they can. And so that's an interesting uh, thing. I would wonder if people who claim they can hear EM uh, would recognize the sounds they hear in this thing. Um, but it's also interesting for uh, listening to geomagnetic phenomenon, this ELF detector. I've used it in the past to listen to the dawn chorus. And the dawn chorus is, is basically what happens uh, as the Earth rotates, its magnetic field uh, facing the sun is pressed down by the solar wind. The, uh, the ionized particles coming off the sun compress the Earth's magnetic field, and it twangs the, the field lines, and charged particles come shooting around, and they echo, and it sounds like birds chirping in the morning, if you can get far enough away from the electric field lines. Uh, you can listen to lightning clicks from storms thousands of kilometers away, and these things sound like uh, twangs and whistles as they echo through the Earth's magnetic field. So a really cool toy if you want to make one. You can probably get the specs from the Internet, which is what I did. But for this uh, particular podcast, I'm going to use it to listen to uh, different appliances in my home and, and see what it sounds like and listen to the fields that, are, uh, that we're bathed in around the house. Uh, so please have a listen. Now, most of the sounds you hear are going to be dominated by the 60 hertz hum of the power lines that uh, run everywhere around the house. This first one is when I hold the antenna up close to my uh, LCD screen while it's off. This next one, I'm going to turn on the lights at my dimmer switch, and then I'm going to make the dimmer go up and down a couple times. I'm going to hold the antenna up next to my Wi-Fi router. Now I'm going to hold it up next to my outdoor electrical smart meter.
And here it is next to my neighbor's electrical smart meter. Wow, quite a difference. But you can really hear uh, the different fields that are always surrounding you in your home. So what about 5G? You've probably heard the conspiracy theories that suggest that COVID-19 is being caused by 5G networks. Well, what is 5G? 5G is a specification, just like 4G LTE and 3G before it, which tell electronic devices how to uh, send data back and forth over radio waves. So cell phone towers are now being um, implemented to uh, work with the 5G specification. And this allows faster speeds and it allows triangulation of cell phones. Uh, so what happens is that the cell phone towers are going to put out less power in the radio waves because they're going to focus it onto the cell phones themselves. And this has some implications for uh, localization and tracking. Uh, basically, 5G systems should be able to track you a little bit better than the current 4G and 3G systems, which just send out signals in all directions uh, and hope to get enough power into your phone to communicate. So, what are the claims? Well, the claims are that when China switched on the COVID, switched on the 5G, uh, the COVID deaths started to happen, and all the countries uh, where they had big outbreaks, like South Korea had uh, 5G networks. And oxygen metabolism is being interfered with by the 5G uh, radiation, which comes at... Oxygen has an absorption band at 60 gigahertz in the radio and uh, absorbs some of the energy that the 5G towers put out. And so uh, conspiracy theorists are saying that these towers are preventing oxygen binding with hemoglobin. So... And Russian propaganda arm RT America is pushing this theory, um, or so the New York Times has reported. So how do you debunk this? Um, well, we know that Iran, India, and Japan had no 5G networks in place, but they experienced significant COVID deaths. So right there, uh, you're disproving the main link in the story. Um, but physically, is this possible? Is it possible that 5G could have health effects on the uptake of oxygen? the energy of these photons from uh, radio waves is very small, very much smaller than the thermal energy that oxygen atoms get from colliding with their neighbors in the atmosphere. So the sort of transitions of uh, electron spins that are caused by absorbing this radiation are being populated all the time by collisions. So a significant fraction of the oxygen is already excited way more than what the 5G is going to do to it. So it seems to me unlikely that it's going to have a big effect. Most of the 5G energy, furthermore, is absorbed in the surface of your skin. Only a small fraction can actually penetrate. It's millimeter wave at these high frequencies, and this is what they use in the, in the scanners in the airports to, to look, at the, look through your clothes to see if you're carrying weapons. And, and you know it stops in your skin. You're not looking inside people with this radiation, so it's not getting into you. Um, and the interesting part about these COVID conspiracies is that most of the 5G networks that were rolling out uh, in the time that COVID was, was first coming out were only using the low frequency bands. All of China's major suppliers, China Mobile, China Telecom, China Unicom, were using the 2.5 to 4.9 gigahertz band in 5G when COVID came around. Similarly, Italy. So it's very unlikely that 
this theory or this, this conspiracy theory holds any water. So where does this leave us? I've reviewed three potential health risks of electromagnetic fields and RF radiation. Firstly, 5G has nothing to do with COVID-19. You're safe. Secondly, RF radiation and the links to cancer. These links are extremely small if there's anything there. It's still listed as a possible carcinogen, but hundreds of millions of dollars in studies have not found any reproducible solid evidence that RF has any effect on cancer. Yes, thermal heating from uh, holding your phone next to your face for, for hours on end may cause a health risk. But this is not linked to the RF directly. It's just related to the heating. And lastly, EMF hypersensitivity. This is a strange one. There is no scientific strong evidence that shows that anyone can sense electromagnetic fields that these people seem to be responding to. It seems more likely that they're responding to the site of EM generating appliances and creating a link there. But that's not what gave them these symptoms. And the question is, what gave them these symptoms? And that's the more interesting question that deserves further research. Is it ultrasound, potentially? Maybe you've got uh, some, some ultrasound that people can't hear that are causing these symptoms. So um, stay tuned. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be more research in this area because there's a lot of people that suffer from this. But at this point, there's no real indication that EMF is the cause of EMF hypersensitivity. So very interesting. And thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week. I'm hoping to interview an expert on radiation safety. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please consider visiting my patron page and becoming a patron of this podcast at patron.podbean.com slash the rational view.